Christmas. Wrapping all my love in a box. Mm-hmm. Your name's written at the top. How I want to feel you come close, girl, don't stop. Mm-hmm. I know you wanna get your gift. I'm crossing off your Christmas list. Open up, take it out. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 297, the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm just asking you to hear me out. I want to start this episode by, you know, acknowledging and giving my condolences or sending my condolences to the Mike Leach family. Uh, Mike Leach passed away the other day, I think two days ago, uh, at the age of 61. Look, a lot of people can talk about, you know, his Trump affiliation and and stuff like that. But who the, the Mike Leach that I want to talk about, the Mike Leach that I want to remember is the Mike Leach that was one of the most innovative college coaches the sport has ever seen. The, with, with his with his approach to offense and how his approach has now uh, been copied throughout the entire college football landscape. It's something to be said. When we talk about greatest, you know, great coaches, there's a reason why, especially in the college realm, there's a reason why Mike Leach's name is always up there. Because of he changed the game of, of, of college football. He changed the way offense, the air raid offense. He changed he – ch- he changed – college football and i don't know what the illness was i don't i think it was a heart attack i'm not too sure i'm not reporting anything all i'm doing is sending out my condolences sending out my rest in peace um mike leach was one of college football is not the same without mike leach he was the coach at mississippi state and it looks like mississippi state will still play their bowl game uh, i guess in remembrance of, of mike leach but he was a great he was a great coach. I don't know how, how he was as a guy. I don't know him like that. I don't know him at all, actually from a can of paint. But rest in peace, Mike Leach, and I wish, you know, nothing but the I, I send my condolences to the family. So rest in peace, Mike Leach. Let's 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 move forward. So Kyler Murray uh, tears his ACL on Monday Night Football, and clearly out for the season. This hasn't been the best season for the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, it hasn't been a good season. The Cardinals are currently four and nine. A lot of people are going to say that you should blow it up because of this incident, because of you know Kyler Murray going out but you gotta look I think that Cliff Kingsbury isn't the best head coach I don't think he's a really good head coach I mean if you look at wherever he went it didn't really it really wasn't as successful as you'd think well to me it wasn't successful enough to make it to the NFL but here we are and the same 
Cliff Kingsbury that we saw in college that couldn't have a winning record with a lot of the players that he had over a lot of the great NFL players that he had is not having a winning record with the Cardinals. There's a lot wrong with with Arizona. A lot. It's not just Kyler Murray now. And and the problem and I, and I get it. I'm always going to be on the side of the of the quarterback and all the, on, on the side of the player. But this is why organizations don't like to pay their players. Because now now look at the look at the situation. Look at the look look at the basket that the Carolina or no that the Cardinals are in. You have a quarterback who is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league who will miss majority of the season next year due to an ACL tear. Because he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, you don't have a lot of flexibility anywhere. Your best wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't know how long he's going to be there. Your running game is hit or miss, even though you have James Conner, who's good. The offensive line's nearly not as good. Defense is nearly not as good, even though you have Buda Baker, even though you have Isaiah Simmons, even though you have uh, what's left of J.J. Watt. It's not that good. And you have a coach that a lot of people feel is incompetent. So... This isn't this isn't me bashing the Arizona Cardinals. Please don't hear me or don't think that I'm bashing them, especially with Kyler Murray being out. But Kyler Murray being out is the epitome of everything that is wrong with the Arizona Cardinals. A team, by the way, that was in super a lot of people thought was a Super Bowl contender last year because of the great start that they had throughout through the first half of the season. So the question is, should they blow it up? And what does blow it up look like? I think that in order to blow something up as far as a as far as a team, you should have a simple direction and you should have a map on how to get to said direction. If you blow it up, what, what what happens outside of trading or outside of getting rid of uh, Cliff Kingsbury? What happens? Because I don't see another coach coming in and being able to fix it like that. Do you, people are going to have to be moved? Do you, do you move Buda Baker? Do you move Isaiah Simmons? Do you move DeAndre Hopkins? Do you like who do you move? Because you're going to have to move somebody for pieces and for for draft picks, which you don't have a lot of. So what do you do? You can't move. You cannot move Kyler Murray because, I mean, you just signed him to an extension. And he's coming off an ACL tear. So the stock is at an all-time low. Again, who, and who are you going to get as a coach? I don't, I don't see anybody getting Harbaugh from Michigan. I don't see them getting Sean Payton. I don't see them getting any top tier coach. So what what direction does the do the Arizona Cardinals have outside of just stick it out? Now, no, I don't think I don't think 
Hold on now. I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury should still be the coach. But, again, I just don't – I am befuddled. <laughs> I don't know where you go from here. I wish nothing but a speedy recovery from Kyler Murray. But when Kyler Murray gets back – Kyler Murray was here for most of this 4-9. He hasn't been great either. It just – I don't know, man. I think the worst part about it is when you look at the young talent in the league, right? Kyler Murray is supposed to be up there. He's uh, he, with, with the amount of money he's getting paid, he's, he's supposed to be up there with the Lamar Jackson. He's supposed to be up there with the Patrick Mahomes. He's supposed to be up there with the um, Joe Burrows, with the Justin Herberts, with the... Tua Tonga, mm, I don't know about Tua, but with those with those quarterbacks, the problem is he may be up there at like at the best, especially last year he was up there. But what does that have to show for it? I look at another team. I look at the the Chargers that have been riddled with injuries. Hell, even their quarterback, Justin Herbert, was injured. But he has been as consistent as possible, even with everything being non-unconsistent around him. And they're 7-6. Now, no, that's not a great record, but it's better than 4-9. Jalen Hurts came into the season, and a lot of people, including myself, question if he can even pass the ball accurately like that the Eagles are currently 12 and 1 what I'm saying is I I hear a lot of people say blow it up for the Cardinals and I do think that there should be massive changes to 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 rect it's not even rectified to to change what is current but my question is, and my whole thing is, and we, and we talk about this a lot with basketball too. When you blow something up, you have to have a plan on how you're going to. You have to have a plan and a time on how you're going to get back or overcome. And it doesn't. I don't see a. I don't see where it's going to happen. At all. And this, what's unfortunate about the whole thing is. Kyler Murray still, and Kyler Murray is going to be like this for the next few years, even with Kyler Murray being healthy. Because who are they getting? I don't see anybody in the draft that's going to dramatically change their fortune. But I do, uh, I do wish for a speedy recovery, um, in a health, in a in a hundred percent recovery for Kyler Murray, um. It's unfortunate. You never want to see anybody go out, clearly. And it sucks. It sucks, especially, you know, he's de- he hasn't dealt with an ACL or anything, but he he's he's been he's been injured. And that is the fear that you have with small smaller quarterbacks. Look at a lot of, look at a lot of the smaller quarterbacks. Tua Tagovailoa 
Tua, he's dealt with a bunch of injury. Russell Wilson, the last two years, has dealt with some injury. I mean, he's on concussion protocol right now. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but yeah. Mm. I wish nothing but the best for... I wish nothing for the best for Tua. And I I hope, again, speedy recovery. And I really wish nothing but the best for Arizona. It's just... Looking at the landscape, it doesn't. I don't see how they're gonna get better anytime soon. So let's move forward. And I just want to say congratulations. And this is what a this is what a swan song is supposed to look like. Now I'm not crowning Argentina the World Cup champions just yet, but they look good. And I'm, I hope this doesn't jinx them. I'm I'm not really rooting for anybody, but. Argentina destroyed Croatia and had to go into PKs uh, against who was the, the, the uh, Netherlands. Messi has been incredible. Argentina as a whole has been incredible, and I don't think I think this is if they do if they do win the World Cup, this will be the first this would be their first World Cup win since. What, 1986? I know they went in 2014, but lost. Messi, he's already come out and said this is more than likely his last World Cup. He's been great. And you can tell that the Argentinians, like, look at the look at the field coming in. You have uh, Portugal and Chris, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's out. Brazil, who a lot of people thought and, and, and is the most stacked team in this, they're out. See what happens with France. But Messi's been incredible. I just want to shine some light. I'm not going to crown them yet because, as we saw in 2014, it, nothing is guaranteed. And as we saw with Brazil this year, nothing is guaranteed. So, and and we'll talk about it, of course, once the World World Cup Finals happens. But Argentina destroyed Croatia. They they beat them like three zero. Which for people that don't watch soccer, three zero and it doesn't need three zeros done a lot. That's kind of like a twenty one point win in basketball, like total domination. Messi was great. Argentina as a whole was great. And we'll talk about it more if they make it to the uh, they make it to or if they win the World Cup. We'll make we'll we'll talk about it. Let's move forward. Let's let me give my um, let me break down week week fourteen in the NFL, starting with the Bills beating the Jets twenty to twelve. This is yet another game. Where the Bills, even though they do win, congratulations to the Bills, the Bills do not look like a top-tier team. I know it's hard to say because they're 10-3 and and they just beat the Jets, but Josh Allen has, I think through his his season low uh, in passing yards, it just wasn't good. The defense didn't look that good. Mike White looked incredible until... They destroyed his ribs. It's. I know it's a divisional game, and of course you're going to play better as in a 
against a divisional opponent. But the Bills, they continue to uh, continue to just question. Like, how I understand Von Miller not being there is huge, but you shouldn't be struggling with teams like this. And that's no offense to the Jets, but when you look at the personnel that the Jets have and you look at the personnel that the Bills have, it's it's like stark. It should be night and day different. And for some reason, it is not. So, but with all that being said, congratulations to the Bills for beating the Jets 20 to 12. And they, with all, with all, everything I just said, they're still number one in the AFC, and they're still, they're, they're, they still have Josh Allen. They still have, they still have great players. So, shout out. The Bengals beat the Browns twenty three to ten. This Bengals team, man, this Bengals team looks drastically different than they did just about four or five weeks ago. This team looks like one of the best teams in the league, hands down. With, and this is no offense to uh, to Joe Mixon, but with Samaji P. Ryan, there's just more of a physicality to the run game. Of course, Joe Burrow is doing Joe Burrow things, slicing and dicing with with uh, T. Higgins and 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 Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. This is their defense is looking bad. Their offensive line is still questionable, but their defense is looking good. This Bengals team. Now, I will I will acquiesce. This is going against a Deshaun Watson who has only played two games in seven hundred plus days. But this this team, this Bengals team is good. This Bengals team, I wouldn't be upset if people put them in like a top five. And they're top five when they rank when they rank the Bengals because they're they're a good team they're a really good team and they they are scary because you're starting to see that they can beat you a lot of ways at this point they can beat you on the run game they can beat you with a physical ground and pound it's it's yeah man congratulations to the Bengals uh the Cowboys beat the Texans twenty seven to twenty three I think I'm not gonna look at the, well I will say this. The things that the Cowboys, the questions that you have about the Cowboys, they didn't really answer any of those questions on Sunday because, I mean, you question when when you have to put in Dak Prescott's hand and, and you can't really lean on the running game, can they win? But then also it's like you're, you're going against a, a one-win game, one-win team, and you they were in a dogfight. In fact... They pretty much had a walk-off win at this point. Um, but they won. Even though it was against the Texans. But congratulations to the Cowboys. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's that, you know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't worry too much about it because they're still 10. They're 10 and 3? I just realized the Cowboys have the same record as the Bills. Wow. I didn't realize that until I just looked at that. Damn. They got a better record than the Bengals. Mm, mm, mm. Shouts out to the Cowboys for beating the Texans. Uh, the Lions beat the Vikings 34 to 23. I told you guys the Vikings, I mean the 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 Lions are one of the best teams in the league as far as offense. In fact, they're actually one of the they they look. 
Jared Goff is playing probably his best football he's played as a pro. Um, the running game is great. The defense is great. We saw the trick play to Panay Sewell to get the first down. This Lions team is is statistically one of the best offensive line or one of the best offenses in the league as far as points per game, as far as yards per game. It's just they have not had a good time or they have not had a t- they haven't been able to close out games. On the flip side, this Vikings team, their weakness continues to be shown week after week after week. Their secondary and their defense is not as good as we thought. Yes, you have Zendarius Smith. Yes, you have uh, Patrick Peterson, but and Hunter. Yet yeah, they have pieces. It's just this is yet another week where a team, and, and I understand it's difficult to really just show it, seeing as though they're ten and three. But this is yet another team that has thrown the ball all over them, and was gone to waste and what will be by the wayside because people won't even realize it is Justin Jefferson had like 200 plus yards. The Vikings, that's the, that's the problem with the Vikings, man. The Vikings are so inconsistent. It's not even funny at their best. They are clearly one of the best teams in the NFL at their worst. They're just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, and the worst part about it is it wasn't even, Kirk Cousins that much. It was the defense. Usually it is Kirk. But it wasn't. But shout out to the Lions for beating the Vikings. Um, the <laughs> the Eagles beat the Giants 48-22. to I've said this time and time again. Uh, the Giants are starting to... Not starting. The Giants are exactly who they thought they were. That is kind of like... It's kind of like the, and I do hate to pile on, but it's kind of like the Arizona Cardinals of last year. They were hot in the beginning, and then they just fizzled out. The difference is the Giants were not as hot as the Cardinals a year ago, and their fizzle out started earlier than the Arizona Cardinals did. It's like, look. You're a limited team when you have Daniel Jones, when you have uh, injured Zaquan Barkley, and the defense is hit or miss. And you're not going to win many games, especially against the team that is 12 and 1. I don't have Brian. <laughs> things change. I mean, Brian Dayball. He was my coach of the year. He still could possibly get it, but I don't think he will because of just how poor the the Giants have looked at that. Now I do understand that a lot of this is because of Saquon Barkley's injury, but they don't they don't look good. They do not look good in the slightest. And the Eagles went in and destroyed them. It wasn't even like close. Well, that's twenty six. That's a twenty. That 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 is all of a twenty six point win. Like, it's not like oh well, it's just a couple plays got away from. No, they they were completely manhandled. The giant. It's I told you. It's it, just give it some time, and they're going to come back down to earth. And they are definitely here chilling. So, 
The Ravens beat the Steelers 16-14. to This game, I don't know what it is about the AFC South or is it just the Ravens games, but the Ravens always find a way to win ugly. Um, this was an ugly game. Tyler Huntley went out with a concussion. Uh, what's his name? Kenny Pickett went out with a concussion. Mitch Trubisky threw three interceptions, like three of them. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward with the Ravens if Tyler Huntley can play when Lamar Jack. They're saying that maybe after Christmas or before Christmas he'll be able to play. I don't know. But it has been tough sledding for the Ravens. I will tell you that. And 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 the, it, the Steelers are the Steelers, but this will be the first year. That Mike Tomlin has a losing record at, at the end of the season. It's just been tough sledding. Now the Ravens, and it, it goes back to their defense, man. Their defense, even though they did win, their defense. I don't. Mike, uh, what's the name? Dan Orlowski said it best. Their spacing is bad. It's it's just one of the biggest question marks. One of the biggest reasons why I am very skeptical if the Ravens can win the Super Bowl is because of their defense and because of their lack of wide receiver talent. When your best current wide receiver is Deshaun Watson? I mean, no, Deshaun Jackson? Come on now. Now, and that's no offense to Deshaun Jackson, but this Deshaun Jackson is not the Eagles Deshaun Jackson. And in the slightest. So, I, I want to see the Ravens succeed. It's just, it's just tough. I will say that. Um, the Jaguars beat the Titans 30-36 to twenty-two. This is the concern that I have for the Titans. Um, good win for the Jaguars. Trevor Trevor Lawrence looked great, uh, but. The way to beat the Titans is make Ryan Tannehill throw the ball. If Ryan Tannehill is their primary reason why you win, then you just chalk it up to, hey, it was just their day. But Ryan Tannehill has not shown the ability, and this Titans team has not shown the ability to be able to win consistently when you have to, when you can't lean on Derrick Henry. And as we're starting to see, the wide receiver core isn't that dynamic shocker when you lose AJ Brown that now of course Phelan Burke not being there is big but there's nothing special outside of Derrick Henry there's nothing special about this Titans team except for the fact that they have Mike Vrabel who is a great coach and they are it's a rugged team that's it like <laughs> I don't I don't you and, and and teams like that lose to the Jaguars 36 to 22. That's why I don't have I don't have faith in them in the playoffs. They they can make some noise of course, but I don't have faith in them in the playoffs. Cuz when you're in a shootout, I don't do you see the Texans winning a shootout? If Derrick Henry doesn't have three touchdowns or something? Because I surely don't. So, but shouts out to the Jags. 
Uh, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 34-28. to 20, There was a lot happening in this game. Uh, Patrick, the, the Chiefs went up 27-0. Um, Russell Wilson had his best game. In fact, Russell Wilson had his best game as a Bronco. Let me see what he did. He threw. Russell Wilson went, give me a second, 23 for 36 247 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That one interception was an incredible interception by the, I think it was a linebacker. But Patrick Mahomes, who who threw three touchdowns, also threw three interceptions that kept the Broncos back in the game. Uh, Russell Wilson, of course, went out with a concussion. He didn't come back. It looked bad. They put a knot on his head. Um Rifkin came through and threw a touchdown, but wasn't enough. I'm starting to hear people say because of the performance on Sunday that Jalen Hurts should be the best uh, or should be the favorite for the MVP. And I think right now he is the odds on favorite to win the MVP. Here's my thing. I look at what's around Patrick Mahomes compared to what's around Jalen Hurts. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is not around a bunch of scrubs. But if you look at the wide receiver core, between who has a better wide receiver core between the Chiefs and the Eagles, I'm going to go with the Eagles with A.J. Brown and and Fonte Smith compared to Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez-Scantling, and uh, I mean, you can put Travis Kelsey in there. He's the best out of all of them. But, you know, I still, as far as a wide receiver core, I'm going to go with the Eagles. As a running core, as a running team, as a running game, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Miles Sanders, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Defense, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Lane Johnson. Uh, you also have Dominican Sue. You have Darius Slay. The offensive line, I'm going to go with the Eagles. The defensive line, I'm going to go with the Eagles. The Eagles, in my opinion, have a better overall team than the Chiefs. The only thing that, or the two things that the Eagles do not have better than the Chiefs, in my opinion, is the coach and the quarterback. And even with all that, Patrick Mahomes is like, is has almost a thousand more yards, passing yards, than Jalen Hurts. Now, yes, Jalen Hurts, has more rushing yards. But if you combined Patrick Mahomes' rush, in fact, if you combine Jalen Hurts' rushing yards and passing yards and do the same thing for Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes still has well over enough or well over uh, Jalen Hurts. He has more touchdowns. Yes, he has more interceptions, but he has more touchdowns. Not to mention the fact that I, the only one of the biggest reasons and one of the biggest things that I think Jalen Hurts has going for him in this race is that they're twelve and one. But as we just mentioned, the Eagles have arguably the best team in the league. And I look at it like this: it's kind of like the uh, the argument that a lot of people give for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. You put Jalen Hurts on the Chiefs compared to putting Patrick Mahomes on the Eagles. Which team looks drastically different? 
Now, yes, Patrick Mahomes clearly does not run as good as Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts does not throw the ball and have acrobatic throws as much and as well as Patrick Mahomes, but which team would be drastically more different? And this is no offense. Please don't hear me say this. This is no offense, or please don't hear me like send shots at Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts. I would have no problem if Jalen Hurts wins, this, wins the MVP. And and rightfully so. Again, your team is twelve and one. You're right now. You're leading a twelve and one team in the, in the in the in the NFL. But I still think Patrick Mahomes has been better and is better. And I don't think that a three interception game, a game by the way that they won and that he threw three touchdowns, should demote him from being the leader of the MVP. That's because again, look at the team. Like, I'm not saying that the Chiefs are trash. Don't hear me say that at all. But again, if you look, if we talk about any unit on the field, one looks drastically bit different than the other between the Eagles and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. That's all I'm saying. But back to the game. Congratulations to the Chiefs for being the Broncos, thirty-four to twenty-eight. The Panthers beat the Seahawks, thirty to twenty-four. It's the same argument that I have with the Giants is kind of the same thing you can say about the Seahawks as far as, you know, you were good and now they're kind of plateauing. They're kind of uh, coming down to earth. Not saying that they're a terrible team, but they're seven and six. And this was a game that they should have easily won. The Panthers, I mean, Sam Darnold, this is what his second game playing like. You should you're supposed to win that game. Uh but and the Panthers have a legit shot of making to the playoffs even at five and seven because of how bad the the Buccaneers have looked and the the Falcons of late, uh, even though they're on a bye week. But they did lose Kyle Pitts. And that's even a thing, man. PS I don't even want to. You have they have Kyle Pitts not to throw them the ball. That's that's just that's just it. So, but yeah, the Panthers look good. Uh, Sam Darnold looked really in control. He didn't look wild. That's the thing about Sam Darnold. When Sam Darnold places like the best of his ability, he looks good. They looked really good as a team, as an offense. It's just he has those games where it's kind of like what we talk about with uh, Carson Wentz. Sam Darnold has some games where he just looks incredible, looks like a top-tier quarterback. Then he has games where he doesn't even look like he should be playing football in general. Like It looks like he lost his skills back in his in, in high school. That's, that's just the Sam Darnold that you get. And on Sunday, he looked good. So, shouts out to the Panthers. The the 49ers beat the Buccaneers 35 to 7, first and foremost. This is why you this is why the 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 49ers tried to give up or not tried. They pretty much gave up on Jimmy G until they realized they had no suitors for Jimmy G. What do I mean by that? Brock Purdy who his nickname is Mystery Relevant because he was the last pick in the draft. Comes in, and this off the 49ers offense looks more explosive than it's looked all season. 
Yeah, Christian, and I understand that you have Christian McCaffrey and and Debo Samuels, who we'll talk about in a second with his injury. But this offense looked more explosive than it's looked all year with a quarterback that is nicknamed Mr. Irrelevant. This is why, and I'm not saying that Jimmy G is trash. Don't hear me say Jimmy G is trash because he's not. But Jimmy, Jimmy G has no. It doesn't seem like he has the the the. It doesn't seem like he has the the it to take you over the top. Now I'm not saying Brock Purdy does, but what I'm saying is again this 49ers offense looked. Spry look explosive. Now, let's talk about the Buccaneers for a second. This is yet another game, and I feel like I, it's like one hand I feel bad for Todd Bowles, but the next minute it's like you're supposed to be a defensive coach, and the defense got torched. But you, I can also say the defense on there for a while because the offense. The Buccaneers' offense is terrible, and I don't. One thing that I don't understand, and that's kind that's confusing to me, is I understand if you know you just come and you have a new wide receiver core, uh, and it, it takes time to get used to. It takes time to, uh, to acclimate with your wide receivers. But Tom Brady's been there. Mike Mike Evans has been there. Chris Godwin has been there. Uh, Leonard Fournette has been there. I understand that the offensive line is is pretty crappy, but they've been there. And it doesn't look like Tom Brady has any chemistry with any of his wide receivers. Not Chris Godwin, not Julio Jones, not not Russell Russell Gage, not Mike Evans, no one. Now, I don't know it, Tom Brady looks old. He looks old. He looks like He's not really long for this job anymore. And a lot of it's just a whole the Bucks as a whole are not good. Now I know it's gonna be hard if if and probably when they make it to the playoffs, you're still betting against Tom Brady, which is tough to do, but the Bucks have given me absolutely no faith that they can make a deep playoff. The only thing the bus that give me faith in is the fact of who they might have to play. Like you possibly play a Geno Smith and the Seahawks. You possibly could play a what a, a Lions or maybe a Kirk Cousins. But it's like that doesn't give me or Daniel Jones or maybe a Taylor Heineke. But it's like the only reason why I'm picking, I would maybe pick the Bucks is because I don't have faith in the other team. Not because they've given me a reason to be like, that Bucks team is great. No. There is nothing good of what is great, that's it. What is great about this Bucks team? Nothing. They have good individuals like you have Levante David, you have Devin White, you still have Mike Evans who's a top tier quarter or wide receiver. You still have Chris Godwin. You have Leonard Fournette even though he hasn't had that good of a season. You have good names. Julio Jones. Now, it's not the Julio Jones of old, but still the Julio Jones. Brady. <clears throat> but there's nothing special about this team. Nothing good about this team, except 
They have bursts, and their bursts are, are good because you still have Tom Brady. This team is not making no noise in the playoffs. I don't think this team is going to make any noise in the playoffs. And if they do, that's because probably the set, the team that they're playing collapsed or their their quarterback just shows his hand or something. The Bucks aren't good. And the 49ers are one of the best teams in the league. And this is why I think that they have a good shot of going to the Super Bowl. Because their defense was ferocious yet again. Dick Bosa, Fred Warren, like their defense was great. And their offense is great. Now, the question and the 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 concern, which I guess is a happy concern, is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel goes out with a knee injury. He avoided, oh, actually ankle, I think. He avoided, uh, it looked like it was a bad, it looked like it could be ACL, but it wasn't. I think it was a high angle sprain, so he should be able to come back. That's great. And I do think that the one of the, even though you have Chris McCaffrey who looked good, it's imperative that you get Debo Samuel's back if you want to make any noise in the playoffs, let alone go to the Super Bowl. But I love this 49ers team. This 49ers team is good. And it's so good that you can have Mr. Irrelevant come. And let me not say that because that sounds disrespectful to him. Brock Purdy came in and, and, the offense looked explosive. They looked like the the best team from head to toe on the field on Sunday. It was not a person. And he Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy made Tom Brady look all of the 47 or whatever, however old he is. It's crazy. Shouts out to Brock. Shouts out to the 49ers. The Chargers beat the Dolphins 23 to 17. Um this is why I came in last episode and talked about Tua and talked about his inaccuracy and I thought it was a one-off because that's what he's pretty much known for is his accuracy. This is yet another game where his accuracy was not good and of course they ultimately lost to the Chargers a team again the Chargers that have dealt with injuries this entire year from Joey Bosa to Derwin James missing time to JC Jackson out for the season Keenan Allen was gone but he did play this game Mike Williams missed some time hell uh, Justin Herbert missed time This game is a game that quite is kept. If you're a young quarterback that, you know, you think that you're great, this is one of those games that you definitely circle because you're going against another quarterback that a lot of people compare you to. A lot of people compare Justin Herbert to Tua, depending on, you know, some of the young, up-and-coming, or no, young, great quarterbacks. And while they compare Justin Herbert to Tua, the 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 conversation around both are, are drastically different. A lot of people are, there's times when a lot of people question, is Justin Herbert a top five quarterback in the league right now? 
A lot of people question if Tua is good enough to lead this very, very good Dolphins team anywhere at the playoff in the playoffs. So as a, if I'm Tua or if I'm a young quarterback that you're going along or you're going against a peer that a lot of people compare myself to, you're going to you're going to circle it. You're going to be like, yo, I have to show out. The problem was, however, Tua didn't. Look, I mean, Tua didn't look good in the slightest. He looked terrible, terrible. He looked off. He looked rushed. He didn't. He just didn't look good. Now, another tall sign that Tua didn't look good, or you know, Tua wasn't really that good, was because of the pass discrepancy between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Which this is the second week this has happened. Where Tyree gets way more than double the passes than Jalen Wall gets. Now, yes, Tyreek Hill is better than Jalen Wall, in my opinion, but Jalen Wall is still good enough to 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 get more passes. He just didn't get them. The Dolphins are the Dolphins as a team is better than the char at least this current iteration of the Chargers. I totally forgot about Khalil Mack being on this team and being out. But the biggest reason why the Chargers won this game is because of Justin Herbert. The biggest reason why the Dolphins lost this game was because of Tua Tagovailoa. That's all you need to say. And of course, we're not going to harp on it anymore, but the Patriots beat the Cardinals 27 to 13. We know about uh Kyle I talking about Kyler Murray going out. I think it was like on a third play. Colt McCoy came in. He didn't look that good. The, the Cardinals as a whole doesn't look good. I will say this. No. <laughs> I have absolutely no faith in the Patriots. I think the Patriots could possibly and probably will make the playoffs, but I have no faith in the Patriots. I have no faith in the Patriots because how they just the, how they're running things. I don't trust Mac Jones in the slightest, but I also understand that it kind of seems like he's being held back because they don't even have they still do not have an offensive coordinator. They have Matt Patricia, who is known for defense, has been a defensive head coach for the longest. He was a head coach where their defense was good, but the team sucked. He's calling plays. And these plays look so elementary, man. It it doesn't look good. In the slide, we're going to have to see what happens with Devontae Parker if he's back or because he had like concussion. Nelson Aguilar still dropping passes. It's just a bad look. <laughs> it's a bad look. And uh, I don't I don't like the Patriots. The Patriots are not good. They're they're such a uh, their defense is good. Uh, their running game is still good, even though their top two running backs are out. I don't make I don't trust the Patriots making any type of noise. I think about it. Who would you would you choose the Patriots over the Chiefs? I wouldn't. Would you choose the Patriots over the Dolphins? Uh, it's a toss up, but I wouldn't. Would you choose the Would you choose the Patriots over the Chiefs? Toss up, but I wouldn't. Would you choose the Patriots over the Ravens with a healthy Lamar Jackson? I wouldn't. Like hell, I don't even know if I choose the Patriots over the Titans. And I definitely not choosing them over the Bengals and the Bills. So, yeah. But that's that. That's my uh, week 14 breakdown. So, let's move forward. I'm not going to talk about the dunk that was the Zion Williamson dunk. That 
I don't need to talk about that. Uh, he dunked the ball. Okay. <laughs> he dunked the ball. On, uh, right. I understand the whole showmanship and he against the Suns. He dunked the ball. Like, time ran out. They won the game. They were upset. Pushing, shoving. Uh, hey, bro. You don't want me to dunk the ball. Stop me from dunking. That's just how it is. My thing, the thing that I want to talk about is how good the New Orleans Pelicans are and just how far they can really, like how much noise they can really make in the, the this season and in the playoffs. <laughs> now, people are, people have been coming to me and first of all, they're 18 and eight. Look at that. Um, people have come to me and said that I owe Zion Williamson an apology. Because I was quite harsh about his weight situation, his first, what, two years in the league? And no, I don't owe him an apology because I wasn't, I wasn't saying any, I wasn't making no jokes. What I was saying was Zion Williamson struggled and he even came out and said that he struggled with his weight. He struggled with his eating. And what did what one thing that was said was if he if he is able to get his weight down and if he is able to maintain his weight, he can emerge as one of the best players in the league. I mean, he was shooting like twenty, he was averaging like twenty five points on his like seventy five percent shooting when help when when playing and overweight. Now Zion looks like one. Of, Zion, in my opinion, is in the, should be in the MVP talks. I'm not saying he would win it, but he should be in the MVP talks. That's how good he's been. Now I also understand, and it's not lost on me that he has looked his best with um, Brandon Ingram being out. But I will. You can also argue when your best, the second best player is out, you're going to have to elevate your game. But this is a deep team, man. You have, again, Jose Alvarado. We know about him and, and his infamous uh, sneak-up steals. You have Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, uh, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, who's a great defender, C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy III, who's great. Larry, like, this team is good. Jonas, or jo- Jonas Valanciunas, and, of course, Zion. This team, I don't know. One thing that I don't, I don't like. One thing that this team to me doesn't have enough of is shooting. Because I mean, outside of CJ McCollum, and and maybe well, and Brandon Ingram, they don't really really have another player that can consistently create his own shot outside of Devontae Graham, but. This is a long look. Six foot, six one, six six, six eleven, six eleven, six eight, six seven, six one, six seven, six seven, six three eight, six eight, six seven, six seven, six five, six eleven, six six. Jesus Christ! I think that they're good, and I think that defensively they've been really good. Offensively, they've been getting to the rim, and of course, you have Zion that cleans up a lot of things and can put you in positions that nobody else can. 
I just don't know when once you go in the you know when you're in the playoffs and you go up against a team that has more like like a Golden State maybe or like a I don't know um, who would they who would, like a Memphis like a Dallas I mean Denver I don't know Clippers I don't know but I do I do think that they are good enough to at least. At their best, I have them at the best. If everything goes the way they're supposed to go, I have them make it to the Western Conference Finals. If, well, of course, we'll talk about it further down the road, but that's how good they can be. I mean, right now, they're number one in the West. So, that the Pelicans are good. Pelicans are great. And another team I wanted to talk about um, are the Boston Celtics. Now, yes, I understand. I think they're on like a two-game losing streak. They still have the best record in the league at 21-7. and seven. Uh, You still have Jason Tatum, who I think is still in the MVP conversations. Jalen Brown has been incredible. Uh, Malcolm, the team as a whole, is one of the best three-point – I think the first or second best three-point shooting team in the league. But what, I'm, what I want to talk to them about – what I want to talk to them – what I want to talk about is what we saw against Golden State. Now – Usually, I wouldn't really speak too much on regular season games because they're just regular season games. But I saw something in this Boston Celtics that I did not like. The Golden State Warriors beat them three times in a row in the NBA Finals. Steph Curry went crazy. Won his final, won his first Finals MVP, Golden State, a lot, you know, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, they win their fourth MV, or they win their fourth championship. Just adding on to that dynasty that they have. With all those factors, I ex- and the fact that the Golden State Warriors are struggling this year, especially defensively. I expect did. The Boston Celtics to go in and destroy the Golden State Warriors to send them a message that, well, yes, what happened in the finals happened in the finals. This is not the finals and we're ready for you. We're going to play the best that we can and we're going to destroy you. We're going to show you why we are currently the best team in the league. That didn't happen. In fact, the Boston Celtics looked exactly like they looked in the finals. Jason Tatum was timid. It felt, looked like he was timid. Jalen Brown was doing, you know, going crazy. But he still was losing the ball left and right. There was a lot of turnovers. I don't know what the hell Mark Smart was doing. I don't want to call it a psychological thing, but it feels like Golden State could possibly be in in the Celtics' head. And I understand because, again, that's the NBA Finals. Like, it's hard to just, you know, lose the NBA Finals. Especially losing three straight games. But that's, it seems like that is giving, that is giving, that is giving the Boston Celtics extra motivation this year. And they looked good. They looked good. But then you face the people that beat you in the Western Conference fi- or in the NBA Finals, and you look exactly like you looked. 
I'm not saying that they're just going to fall off the face of the earth. I'm not saying that their season's over. I'm just saying that was very concerning to me that the Boston Celtics look exactly how they looked in the in the in the Boston Celtics that have looked like the far and away best team this year met Golden State and looked exactly how they looked in the NBA Finals, like almost to the T. And then follow that up with losing like a third 20, 20 like a 20 point game to Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and the Clippers. Another Western Conference team that they could very well see in the finals if they do make it to the finals again. And this this isn't even the best version of Kawhi Leonard you're going to get. So, I'm not saying sound the panic alarm. I'm just saying let's let's be a little cautious. So I'm saying. And lastly, before we go, I want to shine light on the fact that Cade Cunningham will be out for the remainder of the season uh, due to, you know, a shin injury, has to get, has to have surgery out for the season. I, I'm not going to say I'm, con- I am concerned. I'm concerned. I'm concerned because these, the first two years of a, of a athlete's career, NBA, NFL, you know, are the most important ones. They are the one. Not now. I'm not saying that they're just, you know, because he's out for his second year, that he's just gonna fall off a cliff and not, you know, not have a good NBA career. But the second, the first two years are the most vital. The first two years, that's when you develop the most. That's where you. Not saying you don't you don't get better, but you you develop very like look at look at John Morant first year and second year. It's it's. It's just it's a valuable thing, and especially on a very young team like the like the Detroit Pistons, I want I want as he's he's supposed to be playing as much basketball as possible. So because you still have Jalen Ivey, you have, you have a lot of or Jaden Ivey, you still have a lot of people on that team that are okay. It's just I I don't want to see anybody hurt. Clearly, uh. But I am I am nervous, and I, I I don't hope that I don't I hope that this doesn't you know derail anything because again this is a young team, very young team. Like there, who was their veteran? Um, who's the oldest player on this team? Bojan Bogdanovic is the oldest player. Alec Burke, Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder. Ooh, this is a team. All I'm saying is this. Uh, I wish for a speedy recovery, and I hope for a speedy recovery for um, Cade Cunningham. And it just sucks because, to me, the first two years are probably the most vital in an NBA player's career because of just the sheer fact of that's where you, you're you're learning the game in in those are the two most important years and now you're out for the second second year so and Kay Cunningham had a good rookie season you know one rookie of the year I believe uh he's he's been good it's just you know I, I just wish I, I wish for a speedy recovery I wish for a speedy recovery oh he's 21 too good lord yeah I he did win, right? Uh, rookie. No, he didn't. 
I apologize. He did not win rookie of the year. Who won rookie of the year last year? I feel like I know this. I do know this. Hold on. I'm going to, you know, this is just for me. I definitely, how is this slipping my mind? Oh. Scotty Barnes. Right. Absolutely right. Correct. But, yeah, I hope for a speedy recovery um, for Cade Cunningham. I hope he gets back better than ever. And, you know, I hope that it's just a rational fear that I have, you know, with him pretty much out his second season. So, And there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, Link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Go get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Like, share, comment. Definitely, if you leave a comment, I'll I'll more than likely respond. Um, So I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Split mind, no need in a sign when straight forward, eyes on the climbing. Out of sight, no man at the climbing. Burning bitches in my third trimester. Shift eyes, they tell me you lying. Don't care, just lay it beside me. Hate time, chasing a rewind. Waiting the